podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. American football is coming to Ireland. Northwestern versus Nebraska at the Aviva Stadium, Dublin, 27th of August, 2022. Good news, that's a Saturday. That means that we are going to be there, the NC Show crew, providing we can get Ollie and Mike through customs. But I'm pretty sure we can. Uh, so we should be there for this in the build-up for the game. It is going to go off. Collegefootballisland.com. That's the website to visit. Uh, register interest. Collegefootballisland.com. Get involved. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. Ben Isaacs in the house. Ben, are we, are we officially calling this a college days? I don't think that's been fully determined yet. No, I feel like this is kind of when somebody um, has has a career, but they're doing a little bit of like open university in the evening. No. It's just kind of, it's tucked in there. It's an important nice. part of their day, yeah. but they've got other business they're taking care of that day. And I think that's what we got to do. Can you do sports gambling as an open university degree? Just ask uh, for a friend. I mean, if you can't, someone's got to do that. I'm, you know, anyone who's watched that um, that John Madden documentary that came out um, days before days before he died, that when he when he retired from coaching, he almost immediately started teaching um, university modules on how to watch football Legend. and the and the things that people people didn't know to look out for. And, you know, obviously he kind of, he changed the game in the way that, in the way that the average viewer could watch the game and sort of right. see the games within the game. And frankly, if he was able to do that in the 1970s, I don't see why you cannot do at the very least some modules on sports gambling in university. It's well, presumably a- that, I mean, that's perfect for Propo. I mean, he has a PhD in it anyway. So, I mean, uh, there's the next logical career step for him. I mean, he's not <laughs> doing a particularly good job producing this show. So I think it kind of makes sense that he looks, looks further afield. Yeah. I think obviously he needs to, he needs to find his calling. He needs to find <laughs> yeah. a career that's going to work for him and really, really take him places. So he doesn't have to, slum it at Super Bowls and Pro Bowls and things like that. Uh, just Darcy, no, we love Bropo and uh, he's back in the house and uh, has put together a really interesting game plan for today's show. We figured yeah, it's not a college day, so we are going to talk about, particularly given the free agency shenanigans, we're going to talk about the impact that has had, will have on the draft and, and what particular teams are going to be gunning for based on the wheeling and the dealing. And that has been relentless because I, Mike, and I caught up a little bit earlier on in the week. If you haven't listened to that pod already, Carlson in vintage form, that one is in the vault. That covers a hell of a lot of ground in terms of deals already done, but they just keep on happening. And just as <laughs> we ridiculous. finish a pod, more deals happen. So we figured let's roll out a bonus one. Talk about some of the deals that have happened in the last 48, 72 hours post that Mike pod. And then uh, we'll get into a more conventional college days kind of vibe. So we've got to lead off with the, with the Miami Dolphins uh, because I say that as opposed to Tyreek Hill, because the Teron Armstead deal happened as well in close proximity, which is weirdly for a 70 million and change superstar player deal gone under the radar a little bit because we're all still reeling from the, the shock of the, the Tyreek Hill deal. Interestingly, NFL.com have a piece uh, on their website right now. We're recording this Friday morning, which features comments from Drew Rosenhaus, the uh, the Uber agent <laughs> of mm. uh, many an NFL star, including Mr. Hill. And Rosenhaus talked about the Devontae Adams deal, cited that deal as the catalyst for change. Uh, they were close, the Chiefs and Hill. 
to re-upping his contract at a level that worked for them both, then Adams gets the Vegas deal. Everything gets turned on its head. The Chiefs aren't going to go that high and the Dolphins swoop in. So interesting, interesting developments there. First things first, what do you make of Miami's seemingly all-in mimic play to, to the Rams of last season? Are they at that level where it makes sense to be giving up so much capital to go all in? Um, you know what? I think, I think they actually are. For a team that didn't actually make the playoffs, I think, I think they are in that position. Now, of course, there have been all sorts of rumors swirling um, before, before the offseason started about Tua's future. And there was lots this time last year and all during last season about the Dolphins wanting Deshaun Watson and the Dolphins perhaps wanting Sean Payton and wanting, wanting these things to happen. And, you know, they, they seem to have no interest in Tua if you, if you believe the media and you believe some, some fans. I don't know if we'll ever fully know the truth on how, on how committed the Dolphins were to Tua last mm. season. But if you are not committed to your quarterback, you do not, you do not do this. You do not spend out on Tyreek Hill. You do not spend out on Teron Armstead. I'll, I'll get to Teron Armstead. I'm less excited about that deal. Mm. I think Tua has the tools to be a special quarterback in this league. He hasn't shown us that yet. I think he's shown us he can be competent and they need more than competence, but we know he's got it in him. It's whether he's able to do it in the pros on a regular basis. I think they do have a they do have a good roster. They had a they had a playoff quality roster last season. And now they are pushing all their chips into the table. They are making the moves of a team that feels they are one or two players away from winning the whole thing. Not from oh, we could make a push for the playoff. You don't do this if you're going to make a push for the playoff. You do this if you think you are one or two players away from actually lifting the trophy. Now, two has got weapons and protection is obviously a really important thing. Teron Armstead is one of the most talented offensive linemen in the league. Mm. However, they did pay a lot of money for a guy who has never finished a season, never will never completed a season in terms of started every game. And that is something that worries me. I think he is a little bit injury prone. I think he is a little bit, a little bit getting on in terms of, I mean, he's only 30. He's going to be 31 during the season. I want to say, or just before the start of the season. And I'm just worried about his durability. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. But in a way, I think that accentuates the Orlean maneuver. Sure, right? You look sure. at the length of the deal, the, the volume, the value of the deal. And you think, well, it probably won't make sense over the course of the deal. But if they can get enough, in the next two years. And I'm not, I'm not making a glib comparison to say it's exactly like the Rams and uh, you know, for all kinds of reasons. Right. But nevertheless, even the, the rhetoric coming out of, of, uh, of, you know, various uh, key protagonists involved with it is, it is, this is where we're here to win it now. And it seems to be very much the MO across the NFL at the moment, big deals getting done that if not as a, uh, extensive as going all in. Certainly, we're not that worried about the future. <laughs> we're going to do this deal now. I love that we talked about this on the the Iron Mike pod. I love the Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert deals. And I think if we join the dots and look at not just the fact they've got Hill, but the type of receiver that Hill is, when you put him together with the rest of that offense, there's clearly a vision that McDaniel has sold Miami on and has sold them to, to make moves now. And I, I, I like that energy. I like the fact it is 
a new vision, a, a new head coach, new personnel. The two has got a fresh start. Let's roll. So yeah. uh, really exciting for them. Where does this leave the Chiefs? Because, <sighs> of course, I should put in context, I'm sure most listeners would have seen, but as we said at the top, deals happening so damn fast. Maybe you haven't. Marquez Valdez-Scantling heading to Kansas City, which we'll talk about what this means for the Packers in a minute because <laughs> nobody seems to be left in the building there. I don't know if it's uh, the ultimate ruse on uh, uh, on Aaron Rodgers, but so Valdez-Scantling... You just don't know on this, Ryan, right? Because he is flattered to deceive. He's had flashes, had moments, but he's hardly been a prolific receiver. I think it's fair to say during his time in Green Bay. So it's certainly not a top tier talent. Certainly when you look at simplistically, Hill's out the door, Scantling's coming, Valdez Scantling's coming in. Well, that looks like a a downgrade. But as we've seen many a time in the NFL, Ben, it's all about situation, right? This could be a perfect fit for both player and franchise. So what do you make of that of that move? Um, I do like it for, for exactly that reason, that this there is the chance that they're going to do different things with him and he is going to be integrated in a in a different in a different way in Kansas City. Now sometimes well, he'll get the ball uh, more than three percent of the time, yes, he, Green Bay, which will probably help. He certainly will. And the thing is that it's known that so okay, first off, sometimes when a wide receiver that is talented, goes from one team to another, they're going somewhere where it's like, oh, now they've got an elite quarterback. Now for a lot of, well, a lot of wide receivers, if they landed in Kansas City, it's like, whoa, now go. they've got Patrick Mahomes. But he had Aaron Rodgers. So in terms of ability, it's not, it's not an upgrade in terms of ability, right? In terms of the quarterback that he's dealing with. However, right. Aaron Rodgers very much has his favorites. And I know that he's working within a game plan, but he has a lot of say in that game plan. And Aaron Rodgers is known for having his personal favorites. And Patrick Mahomes is more likely to spread the ball around and be Mm. like, everyone's my guy because I want everyone to be my guy and I need everyone to be my guy. Aaron Rodgers isn't like that. And I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers will see him open and decide, well, I'm not passing him. I don't like sitting next to him at the lunch table. It's not like that. It's just there are certain relationships that form. Does Rogers eat on his own in the canteen? I would bet he does. I would mm. bet he does um, by his own choice. He probably is like, well, no, this is my table. I need all this space. You all need to go away. But it still talks to the other players, but calls out over to shouts. them. And you have to have conversations shouting. <laughs> shouts, shouts, um, addresses them by number. Yeah. Um, they can't and- make eye contact if they have less than two years experience in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, he if if you are if you are one of his if you are one of his mates, then you are allowed to go and talk to him in person, but never look him in the eye uh, <laughs> unless you are part of the inner circle. And yeah. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs is is not like that. There's something I want to say as well about about the Dolphins and oh, okay. even the Rams, right? In terms of destinations for players, sure. And I think this is something that people do need to think about, right? So when you think of the Premier League. I think Fulham are going to get promoted this year. I know this isn't a football podcast, right? Fulham are probably going to get promoted. They are top of the championship, right? Fulham can attract really good players that say other promoted teams, let's say like a Norwich or a Burnley, don't because Mm. they can attract top European, South American talent who love the idea of living in London, who don't know where Norwich and Burnley is. And this isn't any slight on Norwich and Burnley, but if you live somewhere in, I don't know, somewhere in France or Italy, you may not know where those places are, right? Mm. 
London is a more glamorous place. So many players are produced in Southern California and South Florida. They maintain homes there, even if they are based in Cleveland, Kansas City, or wherever. When teams like the Rams or the Chargers or the Bucks or the Dolphins are good, players will gravitate towards those places. The weather is amazing. Mm -hmm. The lifestyle is amazing. And being a big star in LA or Miami, when your team is winning, Mm. is more attractive than being a big star when your team is winning in, say, Kansas City, Cleveland, places like this. And again, well, that part is, is a not- different vibe. I get the environment completely for sure, of course. And, and it, it times is, is cited as superficial, but it's fundamentally important that the quality of life, if you're living in a warm climate by the coast, condo central, you've got to factor that in, particularly if you've been around the block a bit as an NFL player and you only realize you've only got X number of years in the league and mm-hmm. you, you know, that's gonna, that's gonna count. The, Adulation, I think, is is slightly different. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I think if you're a big star in Buffalo, if you're a big star in, in Kansas City, where those teams are, if not everything, then close to it, Green Bay, obviously, as well, there is something very special about that, uh, right? 100%. You know? uh, I'm but not saying you were suggesting a, it wasn't. No, no, no. I mean, but also, you're in a fishbowl. Right. And whereas you can just kind of, you got more chance of just being able to chill and enjoy being a rich, successful young man in Los Angeles and Miami compared with some places up North. And it's, yeah, that's true. Actually compared to new, you say New York where you think, well, same principle, the former principles are similar. You'd love to live in New York and the good life and everything else, but that's almost a combination of the two. You know, oh, yeah. it's, the, it's the fishbowl like, and the good, and the good <laughs> It's life. like the worst yeah. of both worlds in yeah, a way. Yeah. yeah. New York is a, is a very, very tough place, tough place to be. Cause you know, if, if things go wrong, they are right on you. The media there is so kind of invasive compared mm. with compared with other places, and it's and and the reason I'm bringing this up is that obviously Miami are in the ascendancy. We've seen what's happened with with Tampa Bay, and you know Brady obviously is the main factor there. We see we see the way the Rams have operated, and I'm not saying that people are going to turn down a successful Kansas City to go to you know the Dolphins when they're the, the, the Dolphins are terrible just because it's sunnier. But when those teams are good, they gain an extra bit of cachet and attraction. And it cannot be overlooked why players are thinking, that's a place I want to be. The players have so much more power now. And the way that, the way that we're seeing players move around is kind of is testament to that. And when, when the hot weather, glamorous cities are having successful football teams, it spells bad news for the colder places. Now... Let's weave in a little bit of college days magic here because mm. the we're being slightly facetious about the Packers in that every receiver has left because they still have Adam Lazard. They still oh, have there we go. Randall Cobb, the evergreen. Love Randall Cobb. But it, Amari Rogers, of course, in the mix as well. But they are, I think it's fair to say, thin on the ground, which is intriguing when you consider the, the whole Aaron Rodgers re-up, right? So there are some big names still available. DK Metcalf, Julio Jones is, is still around. Um, Ollie and I were chatting just before the, the show about Julio and interesting situation he's in because, of course, he had a, 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 an incredibly off-season by his high standards. But there is still, I think, a sense that he has something to give, particularly if he's put in a situation with a quarterback like, like Aaron Rodgers. Other players still available in terms of free agency that you think could be, well, T.Y. Hilton, although he might go back to 
uh, go back to Indianapolis. And then it's mm, kind of slimish pickings. Sammy Watkins is around. Hearns has just been released by uh, by the Dolphins. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's going to try and roll the dice. Will Fuller injury prone. So what? Oh, Jarvis Landry's the, the other obvious one, isn't he? Yeah. Where does this leave Green Bay? Do they try and make a move for one of those players? Or are they looking to what is, by all accounts, is certainly your estimation, a reasonably deep receiver class coming out of college? Yeah, it is. It is a really, it is a really good class, and I think we're going to see um, when we, when the draft happens, and we're kind of making sense of it all. I think we'll be, we'll be looking at players who are taken in the third and fourth round as people who are going to be very productive over the course of their careers, not just not just bit part players. I think the way that Green Bay are now is that the, the thing is with any draft pick. There's there's a risk, obviously, and you don't know how quickly those wide receivers are going to develop. And sometimes, sometimes they hit the ground running and they are spectacular, like a kind of Justin Jefferson. And sometimes it just it takes a bit of time. Now, any any wide receiver they do draft has the advantage of having Aaron Rodgers and the fact that they are probably going to see the ball a lot because there's there is it is not a packed wide receiver room at the right. moment. So it'll be appealing. I mean, they're going to be contenders. There's a yeah. clear offensive philosophy. One of the all-time great quarterbacks. That's going to be an appealing spot yeah. for a rookie. Yeah, but I think the way the Packers are right now is they need they need some veteran talent in that wide receiver room. And I don't just mean people who are going to just play a role. I think they need they need one or two players who are going to be impact players right now. Because for all the time, it'll be years before we fully understand Aaron Rodgers' deal with the Packers um, in more ways than one. And he, we, I would not be at all surprised if this time next season we are talking about, well, where's Rodgers going to play? Is he sticking with the Packers? Is he leaving? Is he retiring? Is he moving to a different team? I think all they're doing is kind of kicking the can down the road and it's all going to depend on how things work this season. So they, they are not looking to the future. You know, in the in the way that the Dolphins are like, right? We want to we want to we want to win now. We are building to win right now. They are trying. They feel that they are going to force open a championship window and try to hold it open as long as they can. Whereas the Packers one is just gradually closing. They know this, so the only way they can kind of sneak through that window is getting in someone like someone like a DK Metcalf, who I think is is a good fit. Now mm. he's been linked with. Um, the Chiefs and the Packers, and there was a lot of talk on social media because um, someone had someone had said to him on Twitter, "Oh, the door's open for you in Kansas City," and he said, "Well, you better close it. I heard it gets cold there." And people people were like, "Oh, well, he's ruled out Kansas City." The dude is playing in Seattle, and the other good option there is Green Bay. So, if we're talking about him playing in one of those three places, none of those are, you know, South Florida or Southern California. So, I I wouldn't read too much into that that tweet mm. but if i were green bay i would i would do everything i could to get dk metcalf on board i think I, that is their best chance of success i mean i think you are it's a really good argument you're forgetting one obvious factor which is the the drew lock component here uh, yeah to, to be fair to be fair as well to dk metcalf he moaned on twitter about the criticism that drew lock is getting yeah, he did that's true. I, backed up i like that I, I like that a lot. And I, I think that is just somebody saying, well, look, this is, this is my guy. And it's, it's good for everyone 
if I back him up. But he could have just said nothing. But he didn't just say, say nothing. He defended Drew Locke and supported him. And I respect that a lot because that's the sort of thing you want in your teammates. Now, speaking of Drew Locke, breaking news uh, that producer Ollis just sent me on WhatsApp. It's the power of instant messaging <laughs> platforms. Uh, Shefty announcing that it is confirmed, Ben, and there is hope. There is a future. There is a bright future, some might say, for your Chicago Bears, who have been conspicuously quiet mm-hmm. in this whirlwind free agency period. Not anymore. Big oh. new signing. For okay. The Bears, confirmed by Shefty, as we expected. Trevor Simeon. Reaching yeah. agreement on a two-year deal with the Bears. As 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 all said to me on WhatsApp, all of your problems have been fixed, Ben. Yeah. Now the Trevor Simeon, right? When you think of when you think of the skills that he brings, right? The way the way that, that guy um holds a clipboard and can stand on the sideline looking totally relaxed. That's the thing that Justin Fields needs when, when things are getting a bit hectic right? and he looks to the, he looks over to the sideline and he sees Trevor Simeon there with a baseball cap on, probably doesn't even know where his helmet is. He's not mm. going to need it. And he's got his clipboard and he looks very chilled. Like, Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting paid a nice amount. That's the sort of thing that's going to inspire Justin Fields. To be like, Do you know what? I can make this 90 yard drive in the two minute drill to win this game. And it's, it's all on my boy, Trev. Oh, I get he's, it. I always think he's I the inspiration. He, the inspiration is so far as he looks over at the sidelines and if he wasn't already motivated, he's thinking, if I don't get my act together, that's where I'm going to be <laughs> in about three years time. Um, so look, look, we are, we are being a little bit mean on Simeon because he is, you know, one of those hinterland quarterbacks, isn't he? Not quite good enough to start, but certainly a very good backup. So I think it's, it's a good bit of business. Yeah, it's, a, it's absolutely fine. I mean, but, yeah, uh, this is, this is the sort of business the bears are doing right now. The bears are in so if you've got if you've got win now, you've got also the Bears <laughs> it's, it's win, win one now. day. <laughs> now, one day. Yeah. now the, the thing is with the Bears, and I, I'm segueing onto it myself. The thing is nice. with the Bears, the Bears, um, the current Bears management have a philosophy for what they want to do. They want to get younger, and they want to clear out a lot of the big contracts that were weighing them down. Now they, they did have a decent amount of cap space. But let's say they decide to use that cap space now on bringing in some top offensive talent to help Justin Fields. It just papers over the cracks. The Bears need to have a rebuild. And this is this is what they are doing. That's why they traded away Khalil Mack. And I love Khalil Mack. However, he didn't really earn the contract that he was given. That's not his fault. Yeah. I'm not criticizing his performance. I'm criticizing the contract that he was given. So he couldn't live up to that contract. And the contract now is the Chargers problem. So mm. that's that's fine. So the Bears are going to be worse than they were last season, but they are then going to restock in 12 months time. It's going to be a painful process, I think, for a lot of Bears fans watching that. But at least I think it is like, so I was at the dentist. I've been at the dentist three times in the last week and a half, right? Oh, getting, I everything's all right, but what, what's going oh, on? It, it was just cosmetic stuff probably. Oh, you, yeah, 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 yeah. I was getting fangs put in. Um, like, <laughs> some gold front. Gold fangs, nice. I, I had an old filling that had gone, it had become a mess and it had to be taken out and I had to get um, a crown put on. Ouch. And it was... It was all kind of unpleasant and also very expensive, but it was, it was all unpleasant. 
but I knew that it was for the best. I had to just go through it and then things were going to be better. The bears are trying to clear out that decay. They're going to have to put something on it and make <laughs> I it love this take. and make it stronger. And I think the thing is, I think they are doing the right thing, right? But I also think the dolphins are doing the right thing, completely different approaches to the way they, they are going forward. And what have they gone for? Whitening, veneers, um, <laughs> just the whole like ridiculous cosmetic. Uh, but have they have the dolphins gone to the best the, the Harley Street or you know the best guy in town or oh, I, they, I, I, to, to no I yeah they've gone, they've, they've gone top end they've gone <laughs> they've top end top Harley Streets they've yeah. gone top end Harley Streets um but it's the 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 dentist assistant it's yeah. their first day <laughs> and you just don't know are they gonna start handing them the wrong things and with the bears approach and the dolphins approach and I know they're at different stages it's it's not as simple as one way is right, one way is wrong. And the Rams, what the Rams did last season, that worked out right. It worked out right because the players performed and they hit on those players. And it's, it's, like, it's like with the draft, you can have a great strategy, but if those players don't pan out, it doesn't work. So the Bears, are, the Bears want to get younger. They want to build through the draft because if you are rebuilding, you can't really rebuild through free agency. Free agency will plug holes and can take you to the next level. If you've got to rebuild, you'd better start getting draft capital, which they don't have. At least they've got the guy who they assume is going to be their franchise quarterback. That's always the hardest spot to fill. They need things to work out. It's all very, it's all well and good being like, right, we've got our sensible plan of how to build. If you pick the wrong players, then it all goes down the pan anyway. And with the Dolphins, I like what they're doing. But again, if, if it turns out that Tyreek Hill you know, does his ACL in week one, then it's all out the window, no matter, sure. how, no matter how much planning you do. But they are, there are different approaches. And this is what I'm enjoying seeing in free agency right now, seeing those different approaches. It just happens to be that the teams that are going through the ugly dental rebuilds are not very exciting to watch. It's up there with your legendary biscuits riff on the talk sport NFL show last season, but it's up there with that. Uh, the <laughs> Chicago bears as various stages of Ben's dental treatment. The, yep. <laughs> the interesting thing on final thing on Miami, and then we'll talk about what this means for the AFC as well, because that is a really intriguing point that Propo was making uh, in our group chat. It ostensibly that everyone's a contender in the AFC. It seems yep. apart from Houston and the, Lots has been written on this that the value and the 2020 hindsight applied now to the Laramie Tunsil deal, right? Which, mm. to your point, to extend your point, of course, there is always an element of gamble, whichever side of, usually anyway, whichever side of the deal you're on. But there has to be a lot of indication for Chris Greer here. And I am a big Flores fan, as you know, as our listeners know, and that'll come out in the wash just how different the philosophy was and the, the causes of why they it became a me or him scenario for Ross and, and and obviously Flores was the one who left town. Whatever went down there and how disappointed I am about that. And I think a lot of Dolphins fans are about that. All be forgiven, of course, this Brave New World brings success. But credit to Greer because I remember at the time talking about this with you almost certainly and uh, and working on different shows with all when the Minka deal and Tunsil and it was this fire sale, the difference between 
selling players when they are just about or have hit reach their ceiling. So you're selling high versus getting rid of some of the young linchpins that you're meant to mm. be building around. I felt it was too far one way, too far that way that they were getting rid of too many pieces. And it wasn't a case of looking like looking at, I don't know, uh, uh, a Von Miller kind of deal, right? And look, Miller is such a, a, an incredible player. He'll probably live up to that that billing. But there's a difference between getting rid of a player like that and, and a player like Minka that was just on the upward trajectory, right? And therefore the value that, that you get and everything else. At, looking back now, it seems to be really smart poker that, that Chris Greer's played. And the Dolphins, in terms of the way that they have played their cards, is has been exceptional. And if it does pan out to make them credible contenders, which I think it, it has a very good chance of doing, then he's got to be up there with one of the uh, the shrewdest GMs in the business right now. So on that note, Dolphins are, are contenders. You've got you to, particularly because the East is, yeah, we don't quite know. I'm not as strong on the Patriots going into this year as I was what? last year. Well, I'm not. They've been, they've been uh, eerily quiet. So they, something will happen and they'll, they'll be eight and two, I guarantee it, by, uh, by week 10. The Jets, we know, are a rebuild mode. So, barring something extraordinary happening, they're going to be, you know, a five and twelve kind of team, right? Mm-hmm. This year, we think. So, the Dolphins, of course, have to contend with one of the best teams in the AFC. But you would think they're in the hunt for a wild card spot. But you look at each division, and it feels like most teams are. But oh, the AFC is absolutely brutal, and. When when I started thinking about this and the the quality of the teams in the AFC, I started thinking about, and this is something that I'm sure everyone will remember if you were watching uh, the NFL in the 80s and early 90s, how the NFC won. How many Super Bowls did they win in a row? It was something crazy. It was like from Insane. Super Bowl 19 through to well past. It was when I think the uh, Broncos Elway, John Elway broke yeah. through. So, so 97, was, 96 was the first yeah, one. So it yeah. was like, it was Good, something 10, crazy. 12 years, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah. Um, and there was all this, it was a lot of talk at the time about like, oh, maybe we need to, maybe we need to restructure things so that mm. we don't have these one-sided Super Bowls where the NFC championship seemed to be the de facto championship game. You know, we you think of those, those times where the, the winner always seemed to come out of the NFC East. Um, you had it yeah. where you had those years where it was just every NFC championship was 49ers Cowboys and the Cowboys absolutely owned that series and won three Super Bowls. And they'd even said themselves, them and the 49ers, they thought if they win that game, they are, they've in effect won the Super Bowl. But the more I thought of it, I thought it's not like that. It's not, it's not that the AFC has a couple of, just ridiculously dominant teams that you think, well, who can beat them? It's just the sheer depth. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath in the Mm. AFC because there are far too many playoff teams, playoff caliber teams, than there are playoff spots. So really, it's a matter of who in the AFC is not a genuine contender right now. And I would say the Jets aren't a contender. The Jags aren't a contender. I think they've had a ridiculous offseason. I'm mm. not happy with it. I disapprove. The Texans are not contenders. And the Steelers are a coin flip. They, mm. they could be, but I'm not banking on it. But when you look at that AFC East, I think, I think you're right. I think the Patriots could take a little bit of a step back, but I think they're going to be a really tough out. And I think they will have legitimate mm. playoff aspirations, but it's the Bills and Dolphins division to win. You look at, you look at the 
the North. And that was ridiculous last season. It was just, it seemed like any team could win that division. And really, I'm only taking the Steelers out of it because I don't, you know, I'm not convinced of their quarterback situation. Um, when you look at when you look at the West, like the West is possibly the most fun division we have ever seen in the NFL with those four teams. Those four teams should be thinking, yeah, we can make the Super Bowl. There's no reason why we can't. Yeah. And then and then the South is where it kind of isn't as good because you've got the uh, the Jags and the Texans, but the Colts and Titans are absolutely fascinating. Like lots of these teams that are genuinely could be thinking, yeah, we can win the Super Bowl. Won't make the playoffs. And not even going to make the playoffs. Yeah. And you'll have teams in the NFC who will sneak in. You'll get like kind of Washington sneaking in. <clears throat> the Commanders. <laughs> i got to get used to calling them the Commanders. Oh, shout out to FA, by the way, signed by, uh, signed by Washington. Great to see that. Yes. Yes. Well done. Well done, FA Abada. Good luck. Uh, good luck in that one. Um a team like Washington are going to make the playoffs in the NFC that would mm. not come near the playoffs in the AFC. And you, you can only play who's in front of you. You can only, you can only win the division that you're, that you're in. But I don't ever recall seeing one conference so stacked. Mm. And it's not that the NFC looks terrible. It's just when you put a list of contenders together from the NFC, I mean, good luck getting half as many as there are in the AFC. We are going to be getting into that as the dust settles on free agency. We're going to start to evaluate what's happening, what that means, how us are shaping up for, for each division. We'll probably play it like that, I think, uh, over, over the coming weeks. We'll start to drill down on divisions and get some good old-fashioned specialists and beat writers for certain teams like we often do on the show, as well as some, got some good fun stuff happening as well, uh, which I don't want to tip my hand, but there's some good stuff coming your way, uh, including plenty of college days. And that's where we'll wrap today's show, Ben, with a little, just a little sprinkle of college mm. days uh, to get everybody in the mood because we are, my God, we're only about a month away from the yeah. draft. <laughs> I know, I know. What the hell? I know. Uh, we still got to decide if we're going to go to Vegas. I think that's that's still potentially up in the air. We got yeah. To- we we may have to run that past um, the uh, Clark County Police. Um, check True. that our True. records there are now expunged. <laughs> True. And the, and the I'm a bit allowed. worried that on his holiday to Cyprus recently, where he's sunning himself on the beach for two weeks, that uh, Ollie found the casinos, and I haven't actually looked in inside the. Uh, NC Show bank account for we all Arakaj listens out there. That's an old school reference. But I'm worried that Ollie might have, you know, might have gone on tilt. Yeah, I mean, it's we we this this could be why he has not gone on any sort of training course to get a TikTok account going. Yes, yes, because he has spent the budget (laughs) to become a TikTok whiz (laughs) and he's there. Yeah, and he he's there like okay, well. Um, with the little money I've got, maybe I can maybe I can get something on Friends Reunited. He's googling to see if that still exists. <laughs> he won't know what that reference is. No, way. <laughs> way too old a reference. I'm struggling to remember what it is, Ben. All right, so <clears throat> five players, uh, and it's uh, fair to say headline acts in the draft that you think uh, have become particularly intriguing given the free agency activity that we've seen. So guide us through. Uh, and I guess for some listeners, illuminate certain players they may not have heard of that they will be hearing a hell of a lot of over the coming years. Well, the, f- the first thing I was thinking of with um, all the activity that's happened is what does that mean for the first overall pick that the, that the Jags are going to take? And I think the best player in the draft is Aiden Hutchinson 
who's a defensive end out of Michigan. He is disruptive. He is powerful. You have to account for him on every single play. And I thought, okay, he's the best player available, but that might not be that might not be what the what the Jags actually want to do. Maybe they're going to go offensive line. They put the franchise tag on Cam Robinson, and to me, that almost guarantees that they're going to go Aiden Hutchinson and yeah. bolster that defensive line. And I think that will be a good pick. Like I say, I'm not particularly pleased with the way they've handled their offseason, but I think that will be that will be a good pick. Someone else I was then thinking about was I was thinking about the quarterbacks. Mm. Now we know that it has been an absolutely wild free agency period for quarterbacks, probably the wildest and most entertaining we've ever had. So where does that leave some of the more prominent quarterbacks? And Kenny Pickett, I think he's likely to be the first quarterback taken. He's the quarterback wanted to criticize the size of his hands, worrying that he wouldn't be able to hold and throw the ball properly. I mean, we we had the we had the same hand ringing over Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow's done okay, I think. It's well, okay. I think I think the Kenny Pickett who's a, who's a reliable quarterback, no, you know how I feel about the quarterbacks in this draft. I'm not thrilled by them and I don't think any of them would have gone top 20 in last year's draft, but I think Kenny Pickett Kenny Pickett's probably heading to the Panthers. That's how I feel right now. They didn't get a quarterback in free agency. It's it's a little bit like there's musical chairs going on and they are standing there. Everyone else is sat down and they're like, what went wrong? I think they're going to need a quarterback. Whether he starts week one, I don't know. I think out of all the quarterbacks, he's perhaps the most ready to start. I think he's perhaps got the highest floor. So maybe bringing him in is a sensible option. The other quarterback who intrigues me um, Early in that first round is Malik Willis. He's the quarterback out of Liberty. He was really good um, at the pro day. He looked so crisp. He's a mobile quarterback. He didn't run. Um, he didn't run the forty. Everyone knows he's fast anyway. I don't think he felt he had anything to prove, and that all that could happen is if he had a disappointing time, all of a sudden his draft stock falls. To me, I see the Falcons as being um, the most likely landing spot for him. I don't see him starting. Um, I think it's their hope would be is that he's the long-term Matt Ryan replacement. This time last year, I was telling them, draft Justin Fields. Yeah. Have Justin Fields. Have him sit behind Matt Ryan for a season, then let Matt Ryan go and give Justin Fields the keys. Well, they missed that opportunity. Malik Willis is potentially like a, a poor man's Justin Fields. I think he can thrive, and I think it'd be a good fit. Then the wide receivers. So... Earlier in the season, we were talking about Drake London, wide receiver out of USC. He's a burner. He's a big guy. He is so good. He's perhaps my favorite of the wide receivers in this draft class. And then he got injured, but he seems to be okay now. I think he's going to go to the Jets because I think in free agency, they did a pretty good job. They added a lot of really nice pieces. But what they didn't do is get a big play wide receiver threat. And I think that's something that they really need. I think they would have liked to have got one in free agency. I think it all got a bit too rich for them and they didn't want to, because they're in that, that rebuild, they know they've got a lot of pieces to you know bring in. I think they did the right thing and I think Drake London can make an impact straight away. And finally, another wide receiver who, uh, his stock has been a little bit up and down. Um, I think what he's shown on the field has been fantastic, but less so um, at the combine. And that's Traylon Burks from Arkansas, who is someone who is going to get a lot of catches. He's got big playability. He gets really good separation. And I think the most likely landing spot for him right now is the commanders. 
I'm going to force myself to say commander's not Washington. I think he could end up as a commander because they seem like they're all in on Wentz now, obviously, Mm. but they just, they just need another weapon for him. And Wentz, who knows what we'll see from Carson Wentz. I, I cannot, I cannot predict the sort of season that, that he will have in the same way. I couldn't have predicted some of the games he had for the Colts last season, both good and bad. But I think the one thing that the commanders need, to do is to give him another big play guy. Mm. Um, he's got he's got he's got some nice weapons on the offense, but they need someone else. That that NFC East is winnable. The mm. Cowboys are the are the are the class of that division, but they won't they won't run away with it if the Commanders can actually be good. And they the Commanders did all right last season without really any sort of quarterback play. Mm. So he's the guy. He's the guy I think for the Commanders. Brilliant stuff, Ben. Before we get out of Dodge, one more for you with the news that David Ajabo uh, tore his Achilles. Was it his Achilles? Uh, yeah. Serious injury, yeah, in uh, in the build-up to the draft. Uh, for those who, who don't know, he is uh, Scottish-Nigerian Scottish and a hell of a player, a hell of a defensive player that had starred for Michigan. Was he expected to be a first-rounder? Yeah. yeah. So he was, what is, he was, what's this going to do to his stock? So, I mean, he would have the option of going back to Michigan. Um, mm. But, you know, I don't see that he's going to play this season. So I don't see there's much. I mean, it sounds it sounds cold blooded, but I don't think there's much upside in Michigan taking him back and in effect, just kind of paying for his treatments. I, I think he is going to get drafted. I think he will. He will stick with his draft eligibility and someone will take him on the assumption that, okay, you are not playing for 12 months and your contract will reflect that. And the way you are picked will reflect that. I think he's an incredibly talented guy. He is. So he could drop to what sort of a third, fourth round. I think, I think a third and fourth round place is most likely for him right now. Now mm. I think as as the weeks go on, we'll start to learn more about um, what his time frame is, the, yeah. the details of that details of that injury, and if anyone sees the video of him going down at his pro day, that's not the bit that is kind of like sometimes you see an injury that's really sickening, and you're like, oh, you got to turn away. With this, it's not one of those. However, what will sicken you is that the coaches are just like, all right, next guy on. And he's there with his career in tatters in incredible pain. And it's yeah. like, okay, uh, you're next? done for the day. So uh, I didn't like that. And I'm, I'm no. not the only person who was horrified by that. Yeah. But he, had, I think, you know, players, players do get over those injuries. They are slow. You can't rush them. You've got to think long term. Mm. He is a real NFL prospect. He's such a good guy. He's really intelligent. He has worked so hard to get where where he is if you if you're born in nigeria and you're brought up in scotland that is not the best basis for having a career in american football so how many obstacles he had to get through to even get to play at a high level to get himself picked by michigan to play at michigan is incredible for someone of that background to get that opportunity and to be such a star you know, I I really hope this all works out for him, and I yeah. hope that someone someone picks him and really looks after him, knowing that they they've got someone there who's a potentially a special talent if the recovery is managed properly. 
I, I'm putting money on it now. The Patriots are going to do oh, it. It's exactly what I thought. Exactly yeah. what I thought. Belichick will, should be rubbing his hands together. Like we can, we can turn this guy into someone amazing. And I, I hope if like fast forward a few years time and David Ajabo, I think having had a pretty small rookie contract is my guess right now, right. getting that massive second deal. I hope for him and his family, that's, that's what happens because they've had to sacrifice so much to get him to where he is. Good luck to him. Yeah, well said. Rooting for you, David. Uh, and as I'm sure all of our listeners are another another player flying the flag for Britain over in the States. Wishing you well, bud. Brilliant stuff, Ben. Look after yourself. We will be back soon. We'll be, yeah, there's firing pods left, right and centre. And as we said, the draft just a month away. So plenty of Ben Isaacs, plenty of college days coming your way. And rest those teeth up. We need them. <laughs> we need them in, in, in full effect. Yeah, yeah, they're they're good. They're good. I can even I can even nice. shatter my teeth. I'm fine. Brilliant. Look up yourself, bro. Great stuff. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network.